0: A hot slice. Thank you, Marcellus, for coming out to the podcast. Um, so you actually reached out to me, which was nice. I appreciate that. Um, so you're an author on the wiki, um, but just give a little intro to like who you are and what you do.
1: Uh, hi, my name is Marcellus D. Rains, uh, an author for the SCP wiki, and also full-time Walmart employee, uh, dad of soon-to-be two. And uh, uh, I guess that's about it. I, I don't really do anything special. I just write weird fiction on the internet.
0: I mean, hey, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Um, so I mean, you briefly mentioned the Walmart thing. And so I it mainly made me think of your uh, cannibal chins uh, tale. So do you want to start off with that one? Kind of like what inspired um, that and the SCP that accompanies that tale?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So working at Cannibal Chins and fifty nine eighty, the the SCP article that that's based on, uh, they actually weren't based on Walmart. They're based on a place called Fuddruckers in New oh, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a it's, uh, it's it's right off of Route three, and it's like this weird sort of like dingy area. It feels like you're going into a whole other dimension when you're there. Mm. Uh and there was this one guy that worked there and he was like really greasy and just really <laughs> sketchy for no reason. And so he became the basis for Ethan Chin uh 5980 and he's the guy that uh or 5980 is about uh how Ethan tries to like sell parts of himself. Uh, because he's a self-healing cannibal. So he decided at some point that he was just going to chop himself to pieces because he can just heal automatically uh, and pass that off as as food and start a restaurant, uh, which he did. And it was very successful for a long time until the Foundation got involved and shut him down.
0: So I actually didn't get to read that SCP, but um, when I was reading the tale... Um, a, I love the uh, disembodied hand because I grew up loving Adam's Family, so Frederick was a nice uh, touch. Um, but I was kind of wondering, there was like these involves with like ghosts and a lot of like supernatural stuff going on at the restaurant as well. Like, what was up with that?
1: Okay, so at the uh, at this one Fuddruckers, there was always people because me and my friends used to go there a lot. There was always people that we would see going into the restaurant just one time and then we'd never see them again and the employees would talk about these people and we would all know who they were talking about but they would never come back like at all and we have no idea what happened to them uh, and we, we we never found out what happened to them uh, so I just at some point I just assumed that they died and then that goes back into the whole uh, sort of cannibalism thing with them, you know, chopping <laughs> yeah. them up, turning them into burgers and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's fun. That's fun. I, I'm like a huge fan of the whole like alternate reality, disturbing kind of like twist on like corporate culture, or pop culture stuff. So it was nice. And I actually, I actually grew up, uh, I grew up in, Lo- in New York, uh, like long Island area. I and mean, we used to have Fredbrookers, but now they're all gone. So it was kind oh, of, oh man, it was, it was a nice callback, at least for me. Um, yeah, I don't know why they're just all, they're all gone now, um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm not the only person who knows who they are. Oh um, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you kind of answered this one already, but like, there's also in the basement, there's like this demon just that kind of lives there. Is that related to like? Processing the humans or things like that, like, or is it just kind of like the evil thing he just has in his basement and no one knows uh, why?
1: Yeah, it was kind of just that, uh, that evil thing that he has in his basement, and it's just kind of inexplicably there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just a part of the establishment. No one really knows what it is or why it's there. Uh, and in working on Cannibal Chins, Ethan's the only one that ever goes down there safely because we found out what happens to the protagonist down there. He ends up getting all his teeth stolen and becomes, or he wakes up unconscious in the bathroom uh, Mm -hmm. a little while later, but for whatever reason, Ethan's the only one that goes down there regularly. And, um, we don't really know why it's just, it's just part of the place and how it works.
0: That's fun, Yeah. Leave it, leave it up to the viewers, the audience to, uh, run their theories. Um, I also, I mean, I'm assuming the whole like your teeth falling out in the mirror is just like classic like, uh anxiety dream and stuff, stuff kind of
1: like that, right? Oh uh, yeah, I, I absolutely. Teeth is one of the worst horror things for me. I'm so paranoid about my teeth. I take such good care of them, and I'm always afraid that something bad's gonna happen to them.
0: I literally had a dream last night. Like I'm not making this up. I literally had a dream last night where, like. I only had nubs, <laughs> sorry, I guess, I only had like nubs for teeth left and they're all just like this brown <laughs> flaky uh, material that was left where my teeth should have been. And I was just like, I was oddly calm though, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and I was like, oh, I just gotta get this checked out. <laughs> so yeah, it was strange. I think for me, what made it strange was how calm I felt with how disturbing like the energy was. Um, so, but I haven't had, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Um, I guess you're not a fan of uh, any sort of like toothy tunneled uh, like no. tunnel or something like that, yeah, yeah.
1: definitely. Um, not.
0: Well, I'm curious, do you have like, is this like almost like a little universe where there's like multiple different like corporate chains or restaurants or things like that? Well, I know he mentions in this that cannibal chains isn't a chain. But do you have like other like restaurants in your world that kind of also have this like weird dark twist to them?
1: Uh, there were a couple of the restaurants and a lot of the corporations that I write about are usually pretty dark and like mysterious for no real reason. Uh, I guess it's cause I spent a lot of time now working in the corporate world and just kind of seeing how it works on the other side. And I guess I kind of like inspired me to write like the, um, the Walmart cult, uh, I think it's 1534, uh, and that's about a group of this that work in the ship-from-store department. And they basically summon a giant starfish monster to get people to buy more items. <laughs> uh, and then they, they die afterward because their metabolism increases so fast. And they uh-huh. just fizzle out and burn after they make the purchase. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I'll, oh,
0: sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, no, I was gonna say, I guess just a lot of it was just inspired by me now working at Walmart and seeing all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I used to uh work at C V S when I was younger. Uh and man, uh yeah, retail is one of the most brutal jobs I've ever had. There's just something to it. This like yeah, it's- I'm not gonna. I don't want to get too depressing, but I mean, like, I mean, you know, fuck it, fuck Walmart and CVS. Um, (laughs) just like this feeling of like this uncaring entity that like you're relying on, um, and just also the sense of like everything feeling so like disposable and like detached from meaning and purpose, um, and that's just. I mean, that's how I just feel about most like large retail stores, whether you work at them or like just go to them as a customer. There's just something very like empty feeling about it. And that's why I feel like the whole allegory of like, kind of like satanic demonic, uh, like rituals and cults relating to corporations just feels so right, especially because of also the cliche of like, the corporation destroying the earth for like, a very short term goal. And it's like a very obvious bad ending. Um, I just feel like it's like a perfect little mixture waiting to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and then okay, so I'll I'll move on because we're pretty tight in time for this one. But um the other I guess we'll start with the fails. why not? We're in the tail territory and they kind of segue into some of the SCPs. But um the other tale I read was um Totally Not Porn, which is nice to see. I actually haven't read a lot of um Are We Cool Yet tales. Um but I do have a few questions. So it's kind of a cool concept where basically um they're just like in some dude's apartment and there's just a bunch of like heads and pikes. Um and it seems like they're alive question mark, the heads. Um like they're still responsive and moving around. And then basically it's like these two artists that are essentially these like struggling artists who are like living paycheck to paycheck, trying to generate as many like art ideas as uh possible. It's just well not. Quantity wise, but they keep Or It seems like they're working from idea to idea to idea to try to sell it at the next auction and then the next auction and then the next auction. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the questions I had was cause I saw in the tag, you had a, uh, MC and dark, uh, tag at the bottom is that the auctions are held by MC and dark and they're selling and that these guys are like one of the people in the art collective of Aussie.
1: Uh, yeah, one of their, um, Mark and Paul, they, the auctions are held by Marshall Carter and Dark, uh, but this particular one, they're actually going to, uh, try and rob them because they're so short on bread, uh, because, um, shit, I forgot which one, one of them spent all of the rent money on a vaporization to try and make this oh, art piece, the, uh, the severed heads. Mm-hmm. And that vaporization, wiping everyone's memories, erasing all of the, the DNA and everything, that was very expensive. And uh, it wasn't really worth the art installation, but it still kind of looks cool, so that's why he did it. Uh, but now they need to go <laughs> rob Marshall Carter in dark because they're out of money again.
0: And then he also had that like stick that he gave to Paul um, did he create that, or is that just like a magic artifact that like he found or stole?
1: Oh, that was something that he uh, made. Okay. And I tried to imply that all of the the pikes that the heads were on were also uh, had those runes on them because oh. that's what, what's keeping the the heads alive, mm-hmm. and that's what allowed the uh, the magic to work. Okay. Or excuse me, the uh, the an art or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was actually a really cool sequence I like that a lot where like he was transforming, um, Paul, um, I'm assuming as a disguise. Cause you were mentioning how it's basically kind of like a heist that they're going on, um, yeah. afterwards, um, not a fun time. You should read, you guys should read that one. If you want to figure out why, uh, I like it, but also why it was a pretty intense, uh, transformation. And that was uh totally not porn, yeah. for people who didn't know. Um, and then. Okay, so the other tale I read was, um, the final termination attempt. Um, It was definitely unexpected. Um, I got so
1: much shit for that.
0: (laughs) I'm sure you did. Like, I'm like, wow. You know, yeah, tell me, like, I kind of want to hear people's responses that you heard. All right,
1: so... The, re- the whole reason I wrote that was because I got really and I've been recently on this whole kick of like all these popular characters only ever being depicted one way. Like Bright's either only like a murder hobo or some depressed sociopath or whatever. 682 mm-hmm. is this unkillable, uncaring monster or whatever. And I was just like, you know, fuck that. That's that's boring. They, these characters have been the same way for, for 12 years. Why are they, you know, no one's done anything different. Uh, so I sat down <laughs> for like an hour and I'm like, fuck it. How can I kill six, eight, two in the most boring, mundane way possible? And then I was playing fallout recently and I'm like the weak the shittiest gun in that game is a Chinese pistol. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just use the Chinese pistol to kill six, eight, two. It seems perfectly mm. fitting. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people on like Reddit and Facebook, uh, I got yelled at a lot. <laughs> because they said it wasn't canon and that, you know, a normal pistol wouldn't work on him. And I'm like, yeah, but it did. And they're like, yeah, but no, it didn't. You're wrong. <laughs> and I'm right. I'm like, But I broke the piece. How, how am I wrong? <laughs> Get out of here. Well,
0: like, you definitely really implied this, like, him aging and, like, him not being, like, eternal. Like, it's almost like he's been, like, worn down, and this is, like, the last the last kind of like him giving up. So it kind of makes sense that it, like something so small would be like what ends him. Yeah. Um,
1: that's pretty much what I was going for too. It's like, he's been around for a long time. He's the, the lizard's been through a lot of shit and he's just tired of it.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but I like that. It was a nice little, uh, cause I'm not a huge fan of the endless extermination, uh, attempts. I mean, they were fun when they came out, I guess, but again, it kind of dried down a little, too long that whole trend um
1: oh yeah 100
0: it, it feel it felt like those like what if superman and batman fought each other and how would they kill each other you know
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm just like just kill him it's it's super easy it's justified everything's here he's old he's tired you know mm-hmm. uh yeah. the fucking the, the d class has been there for a while as well there's parallels being drawn between these two characters and now he's dead <laughs>
0: I, was, I thought that was also kind of interesting how your lore is kind of talking about the idea that like middle-aged D-class are uncommon because either they take so long to, to get to the facilities that they're of old age, or, uh, you know, they don't live long. So they come young and they die young. Um, yeah, that was, that was an interesting concept.
1: Um, yeah, I usually try and, uh, keep them like that. That's how I always picture the foundation. Yeah.
0: Uh, so you actually briefly were talking about how, like, writing Dr. Bright differently. So I think that's like a perfect segue into 6,800. Um, oh. so this was interesting. It almost like confused me because of how different of a take on Bright, uh, it was. I was like, oh, oh shit. Um, so, okay. So before we get into it though, um, this is basically a Church of the Broken God, SCP slash the fey which i actually don't know what the fey are from i've heard of them before i don't know if they're directly related to the original church of the broken god canon or if that's just like a normal Uh, fantasy trope
1: not 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 to my knowledge as far as i know on the wiki uh no one's ever put these two together before
0: okay uh
1: i I know the fay as far as I as far as I know the fair originated in 4000 they might have been from earlier but that was the first I've ever heard of them uh and then the broken church obviously has been around since uh hammer maiden's been around which yeah. was a very long time ago
0: it's probably one of the most popular canons out there on the uh the foundation uh but do you want to that's a pretty big one um do you wanna just kind of give a quick rundown of like what 6800 6, is about?
1: All right, so uh, uh, 6800, uh, the White Ashes, uh, that's pretty much the story of uh, Fae genocide, I guess is the the most blatant way to put it. Uh, basically, one of the Maxwellists from the Church of the Broken God, one of them found this holy text that depicted uh, Saint Hedwig, you know, just killing a Fae and turning them into night. this apparently holy material that's supposed to bring Juan uh, into the world and make him whole, because Juan is the Maxwellist version of the, the broken god. Uh, and so they took that to their church and the church was like, yeah, you know, this sounds like a reasonable and awesome thing to do. Let's, let's fucking do it. Uh, and so they did. And they went into 4,000, they started killing all of the fairy creatures there. What, which, which is what, uh, the first journal was about with, um, the girl with no name. Mm-hmm. And because they started doing that, it started snowing in the Amazon and this is, this is a lot of this is where a lot of like the suspension of disbelief really takes a hard turn and i've kind of realized that uh the foundation realizes that it's snowing in the amazon and they oh poor baby my son's trying to get in here <laughs> i know what he's worries. but um they, they realize that it's snowing in the amazon and they're just like yeah no it's Not really that big a deal. It's probably climate change. We got more important things to do. And I realized that they probably would have sent an investigation team over there anyway, just to make sure. But at the time, I was just like, eh, fuck it. I'll just write it off. I'll come back to it later, fix it, probably. (laughs) And I never did. Uh, But anyway, it starts snowing in the Amazon. Uh, The Fae start being killed. knights starting to be produced. And this continues until the snowstorm starts picking up and that's when foundation or that's when the foundation starts to get involved and they're like hey the maxwellists are they're up to no good but we don't really know what the hell is actually going on and by that point it's too late for them to really do anything uh, so the maxwellists keep killing all of the fae then prometheus labs they're like they realized you know what's happening and <coughs> Uh, they realize that they need the Fae to make the Pygknight, because Pygknight also keeps people warm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's getting increasingly colder. And there's no other way to, you know, produce viable warmth in how anomalously cold is getting. So Prometheus' Labs is like, hey, we can, you know, like, harness these people and farm them, quite literally. Using, I believe they used fifty nine eighteen the bag of sunflower seeds that grows human body parts. I believe they use that as well, or maybe they use something else. I don't remember at this time. Yeah, they, anyway, they, uh,
0: it was, they were mentioning like the idea of like harvesting their limbs, uh, like arms and things like that. Um, that's what i remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they did use 5918. Mm-hmm. That thing I just mentioned, I do remember that now. Oh, okay. Um, so they ended up using that and a bunch of other techniques to try and you know, make the most of these fairies while they still have them. Uh, which in and of itself is kind of fucked. Like a whole civilization's just being reduced to cattle, basically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the Maxwellists want to bring their god back to life. Uh which ultimately doesn't work. Like they tried everything, and they just at the end they realize that they've just killed all these people for no reason. And uh poor Eckhart, who's the fairy from the uh journal entries she's kind of just left alone uh because all her family's dead her mom's dead her dad's dead old man java he he ultimately dies and she ends up taking uh bright's name Mm -hmm. and i tried to depict bright a little differently here as well as a more like serious kind of somber guy who just wants to do his job but he feels really bad about it because he knows how shitty it is uh and he was just trying to do his job and she was just trying to survive. So she took his name and then told the guard standing outside that, uh, right in her body was trying to, you know, be up to no good. And they shot him or they shot her. However it works. <laughs> they shot, they shot, who, they shot bright and Eckhart got to live and she became the new Oh five. And, uh, that's where that ends for now. I'm working on DLC for that. That's going to be released eventually.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that because I'm assuming there's some questions that need to be answered. Like, I mean, for me, I was curious as to like why it failed to bring WAN back. Um, I'm not sure if like you're going to focus on that stuff, but, um, I thought it was kind of interesting to see, um, also like how complicit the foundation was about it. Like it was that kind of like sense of like standing by and doing nothing is just as bad as like actively doing the harm um i'm I'm a huge fan personally of like the foundation being this like kind of not good uh system where it's basically i almost like the idea of the foundation is like the u.s during like the cold war and now where it's basically like on the surface it's like this very nice good positive force but then if you look at like kind of what goes behind the scenes with a lot of like cia operations and a lot of like the dirty work, you kind of realize, oh, things aren't as clear as like good and bad. This is a very like morally dubious uh, organization. Um,
1: and, yeah, you know, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I was trying to depict in the White Ashes as well. Mm-hmm. It's like they were they were more focused on containing other anomalies that they thought were a world threat. And I always had this idea in my head that the foundations on the border of financial collapse always, mm-hmm. so they only have like a certain amount of resources available across the globe. And all of those resources at the time were spent looking at other anomalies that they thought were more dangerous until this grew out of proportion. And by the time it got to that point, it was too late to really do anything.
0: Yeah, no, you definitely, uh, got that across, which is why I liked it a lot. Um, I, yeah I'm also not a huge fan of like oh we can just do whatever because we're the foundation and we have like no real like limitations other than like there's a bigger better eagle out there um it just feels doesn't feel grounded you know but yeah that's just my taste no no uh I'm not gonna say like one canon is superior than another uh canon out there for the foundation oh
1: definitely not
0: yeah um so okay we are running out of time so real quick i do want to just uh you have these two other shorter uh scps that i also read that I enjoyed which was sp5979 and sp5249 uh 597 was kind of like seemed like kind of like a funny like almost like a valentine's kind of uh sp where it's kind of like a bad breakup between like two celestial bodies Th- that's pretty much it right i don't i don't know if i'm
1: yeah pretty much it like on the surface level that's about it but Mm -hmm. really that was uh the story of my first girlfriend and how i broke up with her because someone basically told me to and i was just like all right sure whatever fine then i felt really bad about it afterward uh and i was just thinking about that whole situation i'm just like i can make an scp out of this and that's where 5979 came from
0: was it like typical like middle school or early high school romance, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. For our, I think we started dating freshman year and I broke up with her sophomore year.
0: Yeah. Very relatable experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Just because we're short on time. Uh, and then the other one I thought was actually really sweet and really touching and very, very sad was um, Your 5249, which was basically about this singer who could like, briefly remanifest his lost child um and kind of get to interact with them again um the only thing that i wasn't sure about was did did this like scp also prevent them from having a new child or did they event were they eventually able to have a new child because you you mentioned how like his wife is pregnant but you don't really get to see the wife or the supposed child afterwards um
1: yeah uh no they they did end up having another child uh at the end i think i put a note or something that said that uh o'malley and his wife and another new child were there during the performance during his next performance a couple years later yeah i blanked on that one Um, (laughs) no okay yeah oh yeah that that was about uh i lost or my wife lost a baby earlier this year Mm. in january and uh I was feeling really sad about that for a really long time. And I decided to write about it to try and cope a little bit.
0: Yeah, it must be really, really, really hard. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt that, though, like reading this just kind of like I had a feeling it was had to be from a personal story just because it just had that fingerprint on it of like, this is like a personal experience, kind of like the art becoming therapeutic um, in that sense um,
1: yeah I, I can't sing or, or play guitar or anything <laughs> you get you get the point
0: yeah yeah um, I mean for me that's why I'm in filmmaking art it's the therapeutic aspect of it for me it's kind of what's helped me kind of express a lot of my issues and troubles so I think that's really when it's probably the most satisfying as a creator or more I don't know about satisfying but like uh, Words, I'm, I'm blanking on the word that I want, but um, I'm sure you know what I mean, just from like the first yeah. experience. Um, 100%. And I also just, feel. I mean, what's even more powerful is like for people who've probably been through s- similar experiences and they can kind of like feel um, that by reading your stuff. So, yeah. Um, how much more time do you have before we, I just want to make sure. We have more time or if you're headed out soon just because i know you're saying
1: i got about like 10 minutes give or take
0: oh, okay okay we have a little more time than i thought um hi baby are you i'm curious so they opened up the new series yeah. um are you working on anything for that because I, I don't know if it's open oh. open yet but i know they announced it
1: yeah it's it's definitely open uh i already have something out for series seven, sixty-eight, zero one. Which is an unhuman tale, uh, which is also a new canon, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Uh and the unhuman canon is set in sort of this post-apocalyptic world where only like immortals or conditional immortals, I guess you could say. Uh we're only like conditional immortals are still around. They're still like regular normal humans, but they're very few and far in between. It's mostly monsters and hmm undead and sentient machines and all that. It's pretty cool. Hmm. And uh, 6801 is where I've killed Sophia Light in the past, pre-apocalypse and uh, post-apocalypse. She comes back as one of the undead and she finds out an SCP document about how she died and was brought back to life. Hmm. Uh, and okay. That's part of a tale series I'm doing, but so it's have- not very, not very developed.
0: <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, that's interesting though that you have a, you're already in in action working hmm. on a, a thing already. I mean, I'm assuming most people are kind of like, jump on it the second a series is announced because I think it's only been open for what a few weeks now. I'm always a little behind. With yeah,
1: things, so. I think a week or two.
0: Yeah um and and me for people who don't know what's the whole theme with uh series 7
1: all right so as far as i know series 7 is more about just uh storytelling and the the contest for the scp 6000 slot was about nature so if most of them are usually based loosely off of what the the k con entry or the winning k con entry was which in this case is uh, Rounder House's uh, SCP-6000. So a lot of them are probably going to be somewhat meta. I'm predicting, mm-hmm. but I haven't had that much time to read, unfortunately.
0: Same here, sadly. Cart Carpen uh, is actually being an angel and compiling a list of like what he thinks are like must reads for the new series. Um,
1: oh yeah. he's he's
0: he's great he's great with that so i'm like thank you so much because i'm like i i don't have the time to read like a thousand new articles i don't even i haven't even read all the uh series five stuff Um, so yeah it's it's it's, i like just trying to chip away at them at least i mean you can attest to how busy like i've been like we've had to push off this podcast a month two months oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. for sure (laughs) um And people watching the podcast sure have also noticed that I haven't been really posting on the podcast as much lately uh, because I'm really trying to focus on getting my first animated film out. And then I'm in the midst of working on my second SP animated film. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm I'm actually curious. How did you, I'm sure you texted me this earlier, but how did you kind of hear about like the podcast or like hear about uh, us?
1: Oh, uh uh, Gregory Carpin or Gregory Carpin. I'm not. I'm not actually sure how to say his name. I think it's Gregory.
0: I think it's Gregory.
1: But uh, he's the one who told me about it, and he's like, "Hey, I'm coming too, baby." Uh, But he's the one who told me um, about it, and he's like, "Yeah, just give him a text and uh, see if you see if you'll get interviewed." Cool. And that was that.
0: Thanks, Gregory. But yeah. Any, uh, last things you want to chat about or shout out before you wrap things up?
1: Uh, just be sure to check out my articles, please. (laughs) I'm trying very hard.
0: Well, uh, I'll I'll have links to everything, uh, in the description. So it's very easy for you guys to click on it. No excuses. Um, and you have like, even if you don't want to read all of his articles, you were nice enough to have a nice top five of your top five SCPs and top five tales. So at least check those out. Come on, guys.
1: Oh, uh, um, yeah, for sure. At least. Oh, oh dear. My son's running away. <laughs> I should probably get him. All right, well,
0: thanks for coming on. Finally, I'm sorry about like all the uh, the holds up. Life's been kind of a mess for me lately. But, uh,
1: hey, it's, I, been a, just it's been, been really a mess brilliant. for me, too
0: thankfully a good mess for me uh, just very busy trying to get this freaking film out um, but uh yeah thanks for uh, coming on uh feel free to send me any new stuff you write and stuff like that because i do definitely like to try to at least write right. uh try to read the stuff that like guests have had and written on so
1: yeah all right i definitely will thank you for having me of
0: course anytime all right well, have a good one thanks for coming on
1: all right thank you
0: have a good one peace all right that is a wrap
1: um